you are in the perfect place at the divine time to be touched by a horse. Here's your hosts, Melissa Pierce and Dane Cheek. Well, hey, hi, everybody. This is Melissa, and I'm actually doing this podcast on my own. Feels a little strange without my partner, Dane, but he is out working on the new man cave because his old man cave is becoming um, an apartment for our, our farm family to live in. So he's busy, busy, busy today. And I just thought I would take that uh, opportunity and connect with you around some things that I've been working with a lot of clients on. And so today, maybe we'll take a little deep dive into a topic that is near and dear to me, which is values, what they are, and also the values that horses teach us to learn. Sorry, help us learn. So to value something, of course, is to place importance upon it, right? To be something you hold dear. So I think it was Gandhi who originally said, be the change you seek in the world. Such a powerful quote. And when I think about what do I most wish would change in this world that we're living in now? Because it's not just in the United States, it's globally. Things are disrupted and arguments and divisiveness, right? All of those different things. And so if I were to think about being something that I'd love to change in the world, it's peaceful. It's making a difference. It's filled with joy, right? So I want to take a look at how do you know what your values are and and how do we know that they're actually important? So here's what I believe about knowing your critically important values. Values actually drive our choices and they drive our actions. So if you stop and think about that for a minute, everything in your life today whether it's going really well or it's off track, is a result of adding up all the choices that you've made, right? All the choices you've made in your life, the last decade, the last year, last week, yesterday, and today. And so if you feel like your life is going along well and it's on track and and it's good, then hallelujah, keep making the same choices because you're living by your internal value system. And I will say, if it's that important, don't you want to take the time to learn and know what your core operating values are? Much like a computer system, right? We need to know what software are we running, but more important, what operating system are we running? And that's what our values tend to do. They cannot be in opposition or in conflict to the natural laws that govern our peace of mind. And we're all different. We're all unique, thank goodness, just like our fingerprints, right? So my values are not your values. We each have an encoded system of values that are ours. Now, where they come from, well, I have a lot of different ideas where they come from. So I think you've heard me on podcasts before. I definitely look at the preferences that we came into this world with. We came into this world coded in our beingness to either be an extroverted person 
whose energy rises when we connect with others and when we're in a really busy place, we get busier and happier and things go up, or we're more of an internal processor and a whole lot of people around for any length of time becomes exhausting and dims our light, we need to be able to go within, have some quiet time to power back up. So that I believe we enter this world with. And we enter this world with other parts of that, which are called typology. My book, Equusology, E-Q-U-U-S-O-L-O-G-Y, Equusology, is all about typology for us and typology for horses. You can take a sorter in that for the human being designed by David Kiersey, and you can also take a sorter designed by myself and my co-author, Carolyn Fitzpatrick. So I really think that book of all the books that we sell is an interesting one for horsemen to think about what is your typology and versus what is your horse's typology. And you can test as many of your horses as you want to. So going back to the core thing of values, I think an awful lot of people look at how hard they've worked to get where they are, or they'll dwell on what they have not done and therefore blame the fact that they didn't do something on where they are. And really much more of it happens to be about your hit list of values the positive emotional states that we go to, and they have a hierarchy, right? There's some that drive us more than others. But if I tell you that the choices you're making, both consciously and subconsciously, actually add up to the reality you're living, and that those choices are shaped a lot by your values, it should mean you wanna say, Melissa, what's my number one value, right? So what else shapes our values? Clearly our experiences in our life. For instance, the type of family you had in your childhood. If you had a loving family that was basically on track, they didn't have to be perfect, but you knew you were heard and you were listened to and you were loved, then that's awesome. And that's gonna shape how you respond in some of the ways to your values. I did not have that family. I had my older brother and myself with two parents that had a really tragic marriage, high passion that drove them to high violence. So that can really disrupt life for a child for sure. But my value and everyone's value that shaped within me when I was very young, maybe three or four years old, is the same number one value that I have today. So our value that we find that is the primary driver, we usually can look back to early childhood in whatever your family was and recognize its formation and recognize that it's driven choices of jobs, choices of school, choices of mate, choices of everything uh, that we've done, choices of where you donate money. I mean, it, it, it is so much a part of our core system of ourselves. I think it's a pretty important thing to learn and to do. So what else shapes our values? Well, certainly our cultural, met a friend the other day, he calls it the culture du jour. So whatever your personal culture is and who you're hanging with can shape your value system. Your self-belief, how you see yourself in the world can shape your values. So there's many different factors. I will say that that number one value, that number one driver is like I say, from early childhood throughout your whole life. 
Your number two and three also, while they may flip a little bit back and forth and trade places with each other, those tend to stay very constant for people. After that, number four through whatever, let's say fourth through 10th, those can change. And about every four or five years, I encourage my clients and my students to take a deep dive looking at those, have some of them come off the list, others have replaced them, has to do more with the currency of our life. So in going that way, what do you do? Now, I would tell you, don't Google your, don't Google how to find your values, right? Because they're going to give you a list of values already preset, and then you choose from that list. In a lot of ways, that really robs you from your uniqueness and your personality. So the more challenging way is come up with 50 values words. And once you come up with 50, which is a lot, values words, then begin to choose is it this one or this one? Pair them off between two. Do I? Is it this or this? And and go from there and kind of contract with yourself to do a lot of compare and contrast with the different values. So when you're thinking of these values words, you're thinking of things that matter to you, ways of being that matter to you. So let's say that vitality was one of your things that you, being a person that has vitality is a core value for you. Another person might say peacemaker is a core value for them. Uh, Another person might say integrity, being a person of integrity is very important to them. Those are values words and not to make it too confusing, but we actually have words like um, family family is not a value. Family gives us a value. So if I say to you, if family is so important to you, what does family give you? You might say connection. That's the value. You might say security. That's the value. So you want to really look at your values. You would never say money is your value. Money is an object, but what does money give you? And maybe the answer is security or ability to be generous, you know, whatever it might be. So do your best to think of your values words. And it's certainly something I'm teaching in an upcoming class called you. And uh, I'm teaching one on the unique to the public, by the way, uh, to the my unique concept around horses, which is very different and how I got there and how I put these things together. And another class I'm doing a little later in the year is the uniqueness of you. And that one I'll deep dive into, into your values and help everybody with that. So thinking along those lines though, do horses have values? I say yes, but more importantly, what values does your horse help you learn? So I'm going to go through a few, and then I'm sure you can think of many more. My social media has also been around this over the last year a little bit as well. One value that I see in them is authenticity. Actually possessing the attributes, free from dishonesty, free from being fake, free from conforming. When I think of a being in standing in their full authentic self, I think of my horses. Because if I pull Rhiannon to me in the barn, and she is standing in front of me, she is 100% who she is in that moment in time. 
she might be sideways with roulette or one of my other horses out in the field earlier in the day over hay or something. But wherever she is, is where she is in her most authentic self. There's no faking it. In other words, horses don't put mascara on. They don't suck in their gut. (laughs) They don't do any of that. They are who they are. And they don't try to be nicer than they are, meaner than they are, stronger than they are. They're very real. And so I believe they teach us a lot about authenticity because when I'm with my horses, there's no faking it with them. If I'm in a sad place in my heart over something, it may be a friend's going through a tough time and I'm in a sad place about that, but I want to pretend that I'm happy, that doesn't fly, at least with my horses it doesn't. They'll keep bumping me emotionally until I can share with them my authentic reel. And all I have to do is say, oh, it's so good to be in this barn with you, Rihanna, and I've had a hard time with Candy's sadness that she's going through, and she's a good friend of mine, and I really hold her in the light. Thank you for listening. And I can lift my mood and be truly happy, right? Be truly okay with her because she'll, she'll want that. She'll actually want that. Touched by a Horse offers three comprehensive programs giving you the ability to have the career you've always dreamed about, working in partnership with the magic of horses. Our equine facilitator program provides you with the skills to build a thriving business hosting group experiences with horses. Our equine gestaltist program prepares you to open your own private gestalt practice in partnership with horses. And our master equine gestaltist program builds your gestalt skills both in and outside the round pen. All of our programs include in-depth live classes, business growth training, and a supportive community of herd members to collaborate with and learn from. Visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com to learn more about which program is right for you and your healing herd. Acceptance is a value. Being a person who lives their life in full acceptance, whether that means acceptance in the divine, that the divine has a plan for us, whether it means acceptance in what is, is, uh, whether it's acceptance in timing of things, you know, there's a thousand different ways to hold that word acceptance might be a form of of loving somebody that you stand in acceptance of them learning their lessons in life. You're not trying to give them advice or change them or manipulate them into being different. You stand in acceptance that they're in their soul's journey in the world. So the act of willingly receiving something offered and, and both tangible and intangible and without judgment, that's acceptance, right? And I see that with horses all the time. Not always with dogs, even though we think of dogs as unconditional love. And I do believe they do come in that unconditional love toward us. However, they don't always accept us and what we're doing, acceptance of our behavior. Horses stand in acceptance. They will watch us do something or receive something from us again, intangible, without any judgment. I never, ever, ever feel that I place one of my clients inside the round pen to express their truth about 
their upbringing or themselves or how they feel about themselves or what they're doing with their grief. Those horses are never in judgment. They will challenge somebody who is not in congruence. That's very different. That means somebody that's, again, their mind is telling them one thing, their heart another, and their gut another. They'll they'll definitely show me as my partner, mm, this person doesn't fully believe what they're saying, even if they're saying, hey, I'm a great person. If they don't fully believe that in all those areas, the horse doesn't go over to them, right? So acceptance is something that they do well. If I move my horses from one farm to another, if I take them somewhere on the trail, they move quickly into acceptance. Respect is another very key value. For some typologies and for some people in the world and for some friends of mine that I know, respect is one of the number one core values that they have, both being around people who they do respect, maintaining respect for others, and then being a person who is worthy of respect and having boundaries to request that respect and notice when it's not given, right? To show differential regard or esteem, to avoid violation, to have a willingness to show appreciation of others or consideration of others, right? And I do feel that horses teach us a lot about being respectful. If I want to get along with a yearling, a yearling is not the most respectful time for a horse. It's like a a 12-year-old kid. It's not the most naturally respectful age. I need to be with that animal in a way that I show them respect and I show respect for my own boundaries and how I am worthy of being treated and how they're worthy of being treated. So every correction that I make, every rule that I set, every boundary, I'm also observing that beautiful yearling and making sure that I show that animal respect in listening to them in being able to challenge myself, is this fair? Have I asked it fairly? Have I asked something of this yearling clearly enough and fair and and patiently enough and then set my boundary? Have I given them uh, multiple set warm-ups to the queue or have I just said, here, do this as I would to a four-year-old horse that has education behind it? So in every way, I believe we get along with horses when we respect them for the unique beings each of them are. And when we ask for respect of us and set the boundaries where they don't shift and change, it's really not fair to say to a person or an animal, today I won't tolerate this and tomorrow I'll tolerate that, but I won't tolerate this other thing, you know, to be consistent, right? To be consistent. For me, when I'm walking with my horses, I like for my shoulder to be just an inch or two behind their jaw. So they're, they're ahead by head and neck, but not feet. And I want to make sure they're with me. They're partnered with me. They're not pulling me down the road or pulling me off to a patch of grass or 
making a left over the top of me or anything else. So they learn that because I respect myself enough to set that energetic and vibrational boundary with them. And then I respect them enough that if they're looking off to the right hand side, because something's really bothering them, and they're trying to get their eye to get a good look on it and their ear to get a good listen, I might respect them enough as a young horse to say, let's stop and let you really take a look. So we stop. And then I let them have the rope to take a look at where they are and what's going on. So it's respect, right? It's, it's a mutual respect all the way. So those are a few of them. I think when we're really happiest with our horses, when we go out to the barn and we have an incredible day with our horse and we come home happy, 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 it's because we've reached a really important value for a lot of people, which is unity. The result of unifying, right? To bring together to form a whole to to bring together a common purpose or a common attitude or action or join together in that endeavor. So if I haul out to the mountains and we go on a trail ride and I feel like my horse had lots of fun, ears are flickering around and their eyes are bright and wide and, and I'm not asking them to do anything physical endurance they cannot do or aren't fit to do, et cetera, et cetera. And they allow me to feel like the welcome guest upon their back and and secure and good and listening to my suggestions of where we're going and what pace we're going at and they're okay with that. That's unity where you just come together both on the same page. Let's the road forks to the left and the right. Let's look to the right. Let's go that. Okay. And, and you're in unity together. Um, I certainly, when I was showing horses, when I had my very best classes, when I was showing, it's because the horse and I were in unity. And when we weren't in unity, not so much. If my horse had anxiety and I didn't or vice versa, lots of different ways that we can ruin unity, right? But when we find unity, they're helping teach us that. They have unity. Look at your horses out in pasture. Mine today, we have about four inches of snow on the ground as I'm recording this. At sun's out. It's that Colorado gorgeous cold where the sun's there to warm you up. The ground has snow on it. Everything's glaringly beautiful, bright white. And they're out in the pasture running around, kicking up the snow, having a good time rolling in the snow. They're having a great day. They're in unity. They're fine. Nobody's upset about anything in the pasture. Humans, we we really do look at a lot of things differently because of that brain between our ears. We put ourselves in a lot of uh, stress points that we really don't need to. We could be in the present moment, right? In that beautiful present moment. So I could go on and on and on. I think there are so many values that horses really help teach us. Being in the present moment can be a great one. That's another one. Fortitude. My gosh, horses have such a strength of beingness and strength of mind that allows them to endure so much. And they, uh, and they really endure a lot of adversity sometimes very courageously. And so the act of persevering and being able to remain constant to an idea or a task in the face of opposition, gosh, our horses teach us that all the time. To me, when we go out to be with horses, the best thing I can tell you is 
if I stop myself before going in the barn, I take a couple of deep breaths and I come to exactly that moment uh, that I'm in now where I pay attention to that blue sky and I pay attention to how my body feels and I pay attention to the temperature and, and I just pay attention, just pay attention, pay attention, where when I go to engage with my horse, I'm fully present and I'm able to really see this animal and notice whether they're okay today. I'm not making an assumption, hey, I've come here and I'm going to ride you. I'm paying attention to where they are in that day and how they feel that day and how they're engaging and where we are at. So that's a gift both directions. And I think they teach us an awful lot about that too. So main thing, they are uh, simplicity. And I don't know a lot of humans that have simplicity on their values list, but if you are one, good for you. Because having that lack of pretense, having that without that sincere, humble humility, without embellishment is a beautiful way to go through your life. For me, my number one value is making a difference. I could cite lots of examples as a child when I worked hard to make a difference in between the fighting my parents were doing with each other, made a difference with my brother, helping him through an awful lot of things, my career today. I mean, I could give you a long, long list of ways that I've strived and worked to make a difference in the world and hope that I have made a difference in the world, uh, as people have said that to me before. So that's a big one for me. You know, some people have generosity as a value, and I want to say a huge shout out to Hope Through Horses, because generosity is their jam. They are a 501c3, and they partially support this podcast. We're very grateful to them for that. They support so many good things in the world. And part of that is people who perhaps can't afford a full session with one of our certified practitioners. They have stepped up to the plate to help them do so. They have done a ton of really beautiful things to help people get by in the world. So check out Hope Through Horses, if you would, please, because I think that generosity is another really beautiful value that we all know, love, and share for sure. When you're working on your values, I will say that in our program, we work on both toward values and away values. So toward values, those are the things that pull you forward, right? That make a difference drive for me that I've had since I was a little child. That gets me out of bed in the morning. That causes me to work on things when maybe I'd rather watch Netflix. You know, that causes me to reach out to a friend that I know could use an ear. Whatever it might be, that make a difference could be that Dane and I are at dinner somewhere and the server takes that extra little moment of care and I take the time to say, you know, we eat out some and I have to say, you have made this such an incredible experience for us. Your professionalism, your care as our server was well noted and thank you. That could change that person from not liking their job to liking their job, from feeling unappreciated in their entire life to feeling appreciated, to being in a really sad place but showing up for work anywhere and and getting getting a, a kudos, right? So 
I don't give it unless it's sincere, but that makes a difference. I know that it does. It doesn't have to be that we find the cure for cancer. Although, by the way, science is getting closer and closer on that. I was reading an article on that yesterday. But it does need to be that that's what drives me forward. For uh, other people, it's responsibility. Uh, Dane, one of his number three in his top three values is uh, responsibility. And so if I ask him, hey, could you do this on the farm? And he says, yes, I can. Yes, I will do that. I never have to mention it again. He is that kind of guy. He doesn't need micromanaging. He doesn't need reminding. He, I, I don't have to question it. I know if he made that commitment, he is responsible for that. He takes responsibility in that way. And, uh, and same for if he makes a mistake, he takes responsibility for that too. So I think that's a beautiful number one value as well. Uh, it sometimes means between make a difference and responsibility that we can be all work and no play. And so he and I get along really well and we have to remind ourselves, you know what, today we're going to play because those are pretty strong drivers uh, for both of us to do a lot of work in the world. So whatever yours is, you definitely want to figure it out. And the way to figure it out is make that list of values words that you resonate to. Find 10 of the 50. Once you've made the list, find the top 10. Just just saying, boy, if I have to choose between this and this, it's this one, right? Then in the top 10, now try and figure out of these 10, which one's the number one driver? And hopefully you can think of a time in your youth, in your childhood, when that same value was all the way through. And uh, so that's a, a good challenge for all of you to do. At the barn, why don't I issue some homework here? At the barn, see if you can approach your horses and just pay attention to what values they're teaching you for you. How are they showing? Are they showing you generosity? acceptance? What are they showing you? And paying attention to that honors who they are and how they too are very unique among themselves. We're blessed to have 12 on the ranch right now, all 12 very different personalities. And that's not even looking out to the littles, all our little guys that are out there. Trust me, those guys have high values for sure. Thank you so much for listening to me today and for having me here without my sidekick and the love of my life and all of that. But every once in a while this year, I'm going to sneak on like this and make it just you and I. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Touched by a Horse podcast. If you'd like more information about anything we've talked about on the show today or our certification program, please visit our website at touchedbyahorse.com. That's touchedbyahorse.com. Or contact our office by phone at 303-440-7125. Also, be sure to keep up with us on social media. We're at Touched by a Horse on both Facebook and Instagram. See you around the barn and on the next episode.